The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Welcome to episode number 93 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry. With me this week, I have Adam Candy. And with me this week, a debut here on the LSR Podcast. You have read his work. We have cited his work a hundred million times here on the podcast. Matthew Waters. Matthew, thank you for being here with us, my friend. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. Adam, um, listen, this is, uh, you know, we, we kicked Eric out a little while, you know, a few, a few months ago and then, you know, it was just the three of us there for the longest time. And here we are, we're going to, we're breaking in a newbie. So what are we going to do? What's the hazing process here? Like, I mean, what are you, what have you already done it? Did I miss it already? Um, well, Matt is a Sixers fan. And so we're going to spend the first 10 minutes of him explaining to me, how did Danny Green screw me last night <laughs> nearly the way that he did? Um, but no, I'm just kidding. We, 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 won't, we won't have to do that. Um, Matt is such a market improvement over having Eric here that we just get started and, you know, you just let the good things happen. And we kid, we love you, Eric. We just, uh, we know that you had other, you know, other, other responsibilities, (laughs) uh, guys, as always, we are on all the places that you find your podcast. So go in, subscribe, rate and review. That way you don't have to listen to it on the site. It'll get delivered right to your phone. So go in Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, whatever it might be. We really do appreciate that. So, um, Let's uh, look, we're going to talk some numbers. We always do. We're going to get some state updates from Adam a little bit later, but we wanted to have Matt on here real quick because uh, listen, this was something that maybe you heard last week here on the podcast about us going a little bit crazy over some uh, some news about a partnership that had come out within the NHL. Matt, you 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 dug into this nice and deep. You went ahead and, and started making the calls and making the inquiries and stuff like that. So why don't you rehash what went down just in case people were not on gambling Twitter last week? And then we can kind of go into where it went from there. Sure. Yeah. So when the story dropped, um, I think everybody was stunned that this was actually happening. Um, You know, these sports betting partnerships are evolving naturally, but I don't think anybody expected a tout deal, let alone one that nobody had really heard of before. And so the Golden Knights announced that they have this um, sports betting pick partnership with you pick trade based out of Guadalajara, Mexico. And from there, I mean, it was it was pretty immediate that the uh, the heat started to be put on the Golden Knights. Um, we didn't get any information. We didn't know what this deal really entailed. We didn't know if you pick trade could offer bets, you know, on or against the Knights. We, we didn't know any of that. And we weren't hearing any of that either. Nobody was answering phone calls. Uh, nobody was answering emails. Nobody was answering uh, Twitter DMs. No, nobody was answering anything. And um, yeah, I, I just started um, going down the C-suite of the Golden Knights and uh, looking for additional information and happened to get someone who, if you saw his title, you would be shocked that he didn't know the partnership was happening. 
and uh, certainly didn't know it was being announced. So there wasn't a whole lot of cohesiveness with this at all. And um, it didn't, it took what, 72 hours for it to be repealed. And I, I think that was both longer and, and, and shorter than a lot of us expected it to take. Now, Adam, this was, uh, you know, we talked about this on the pod last week and, and we, you know, I had my rant, you had your rant, we, we did our thing here. But uh, one of the things, this was very new whenever we, w- like whenever we did the pod last week, I mean, it really just come across within the last couple of hours. One of the things we didn't, didn't know was going to happen, though we were fairly certain of it, this was one of the few times that everybody in the whole world agreed on something like there was no dissenting opinion whatsoever about this. Every single person I saw was of the same opinion, which was really what in the hell were the golden Knights thinking the legal market, the offshore market, the squares, the sharps, (laughs) the bloods, the crips, the Republicans, the Democrats, everyone came together to say, what are you doing? And the Golden Knights did not say anything for a few days, but then Mm -hmm. come Saturday morning, we had a statement from the Golden Knights basically just saying it's over and we're not telling you anymore. Um, And for a lot of people, that probably was enough. Uh, There was a report that came through from another news source that contacted Trade, and Trade expressed shock that the deal uh, (laughs) was over. And Let's be honest, for uh, for a small company coming from another country that doesn't know the landscape Mm -hmm. here all that well, I can understand why they might be shocked that we go through and sign a partnership deal. And then three days later, some idiots on Twitter say they don't like it and it's gone. Uh, So that's kind of where we are here at the moment where, you know, the heat has certainly been turned down. But there are a lot of remaining questions as to how this got as far as it did in the first place. So, so Matt, as you started digging in, I mean, what did you find out about this company? Because look, I mean, I'm, I've been in and around this space for a long time and I've, I've, you know, whether I've actually gone to a website or not, I thought I'd heard of pretty much anyone who was anybody that was any sort of player within the space. And then this comes through and I was like, how, what, how did this happen to like, how did this happen with someone that I've never even heard of? Right. Right. Yeah. The, um, Going to the website was just kind of a a trip in and of itself. I mean, you get the absurdity of the deal announced and then you go to the website and there's just front and center. It says you make money best by by sports betting. (laughs) And what the company does is it's eighty nine dollars a month per sport to get picks. And they, they. they on the front page and then elsewhere, they said more than 6,000 of their clients are now making a living by sports betting based off of their information. Uh, and right next to that was the, the Vegas Golden Knights logo official sponsor. And so it was a really bad look. It was a really bad look. And you couldn't really find out a whole lot about the company because it was it was kind of bare bones. They did list all their picks. Um but it was it was just really shocking to see such a, a message that is of course the opposite of responsible gambling that you would expect somebody in the U.S. to to partner with and know those details um, right next to the Golden Knights logo. It, it was it was just not great for them. And as we as we dug in a little bit further, it's like there were a couple of other arms of this business too, right? Like there it wasn't there was a pick service, but then there was also some other kind of w- other shady arms. It seemed like of of the business as well. Yeah, there's a, they also could uh, provide you data so you could make the information, the, the decisions yourself. Um, that was uh, a separate deal for eighty nine dollars as well. Um, 
yeah, there, there was, there was a lot going on there and it was a part of a bigger conglomerate. Um, and there, there was, there was really just a lot going on there. And the fact that we were getting no information and not even the simplest questions answered, it just made you realize, okay, something, something's going to change here pretty quick. So when all said and done, as you mentioned, so the, the partnership was announced, they took to golden ice, took to Twitter and said that they had ended the relationship with you pick trade, but has anything further come out from that? Have they said, why have they said how this happened? Do we know anything further than just kind of the basics of everything? No, not yet. We don't know. We don't know a whole lot of anything. Still, we are still um, guessing on a lot of this. And uh, again, from, from what I can from what I spoke to with this gentleman in the C-suite, um, he, he didn't have any information that mm-hmm. this was happening. So I can't understand what processes they must have gone through. Um, I can tell you they're probably going to go through more processes next time before they ever do something like this again. But no, the Golden Knights said we're not going to tell you anything. And, and that was that. And to add something to what Matt's saying, he's being very diplomatic with all of this. The last name of the person that he talked to in the C-suite is very strikingly similar to the last name of the owner of the franchise. (laughs) I won't say exactly who it is, but you do the math. Um, Adam, so, uh, you know, before we uh, before we let Matt go, I do want to like just have a general conversation here uh, just amongst the three of us about, you know, stuff like this kind of moving forward with with other leagues and teams and things like that. I mean, listen, as we move into and I think, uh, you know, we we thought we'd kind of hit on every single angle of all these things and then something like this pops up. and You're like, wow, because I thought this was so out of reach that I never thought that this was an angle that we that we would have to tackle here. But, you know. I think we probably are getting to the point now where definitely at least the leagues, if not every single team should probably have like a sports betting slash gambling consultant on staff because the sponsorship opportunities, the, uh, the, all the stuff that goes along with the gambling and all the stuff that's going along with the expansion through all of this. I mean, like we mentioned when we were talking about this, the, the initial time, the press release was by the NHL. Like the press release wasn't even by the Golden Knights themselves. And so, you know, Matt, I'll start with you on this, but I mean, it, it seems to me, look, we've seen the PGA Tour embrace gambling. We've seen uh, and, and actually partner with Action Network on this. We've seen obviously the NHL very open to something like like this, like getting done with these leagues. It, it, it seems like we need to kind of at this point, the leagues need someone that they can rely on that has accurate information as to what partnerships are are actually getting done and who these companies are and what actually the perception is amongst the people out there, because obviously that that position, that group of people, whatever it might be, doesn't exist right now. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're what, more than two and a half years post PASPA at this point. Um, these leagues have done these deals, but there's way more to gaming and there, there's just more kinds of deals that you could do than than the general you know partnership executive advertising mm-hmm. executive marketing executive may, may know so yeah definitely at the league level that should be a given and uh, you know there, there are some people but maybe not as involved with the teams mm-hmm. as they should be but yeah I, I think at this point it's kind of on the teams to to do it themselves they have to have somebody that knows about this and you have to be sure that what you're giving your customers uh your clients your fans you have to be sure it's it's good stuff and not a shady tout deal and and Adam, you know, look, we're we're here in Vegas. Of course, the 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 Knights are here in Vegas. So the I think 
you're in my Twitter feed was even more lit up about this than maybe even the other people's out there because we have local people as well that we have going through ours. And and a lot of people were saying the same thing that you and I kind of said off air whenever we were uh, you know talking about this last week was, you know, a five minute phone call to me, a five minute phone call to you, a five minute conversation with a myriad of other people that we know here in town who understand the industry and understand how things go. And all of this could have been avoided. This never happens that you understand very rapidly why the perception of this is such a bad idea. It does lead me to believe that there maybe even on a team level, there should be some sort of, you know, gaming slash gambling slash sports betting strategists like, you know, for lack of a better term, expert, but not in the gambling expert that we know in the from that that field. But like someone who just knows the industry very well and understands what is and isn't, you know, kind of acceptable in all this stuff. Matt, I'm glad you've brought this up so that I can use this platform here on the LSR podcast to make the announcement of the foundation of LSR Consulting Incorporated. Uh, <laughs> Matt is going to be on offer, on loan. Uh, for, it's sort of like a first taste for free out to the professional sports industry, and then we'll discuss rates moving forward. But to the point that Matt is making here, Matt Brown is making here, we have so many Matts in this company, I need to be very clear. <laughs> it's, um, I didn't even want to get into that, but yes, yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, like, I know. And, and here I and here I am uh, breaking the seal. But so when we went to contact the National Hockey League, there is a separate business communications unit. So they don't just have their PR. They have a separate business PR staff. And I've worked with someone there in the past. But then I went and looked at the staff directory. There are four separate people who work in the business communications office. I want to believe that someone within even that four person staff with a consult right. from the Golden Knights could have stopped this. So even if you didn't go outside, the call could have come from inside the house for someone to say to you, hey, there's a potential issue here. And the perception at large comes back to something you just mentioned, Mr. Brown, the idea that our Twitter feeds probably lit up more than others. That's because here in Vegas, we understand that the hurdles that the U.S. sports betting industry have to has to clear in order to gain the trust just in perception of everyone out there who doesn't know sports betting, who doesn't understand any of this. That is such a much higher burden than the mm. offshore industry has to go through, than the tout industry has to go through, et cetera, et cetera, because you're trying to say, look, the regulated market is better because things like this can't happen. And you know what? It happened. And not only did it happen, it happened right here in the gambling capital of the world. Yeah, we are uh, we are pretty sure that uh, the Golden Knights got the picture. Hopefully the other teams around the league, hopefully the other leagues out there got the picture. And hopefully something like this is not anything that we have to be worrying about moving forward. Matt, we uh, love your work, of course, uh, over there on Legal Sports Report and uh, keep up the awesome, awesome job that you're doing. And we'll have you on the podcast more often, my friend. Sure. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Have a good one. Uh, great to have Matt on the the podcast. We were joking about, uh, you know, breaking him in here, but really and truly we've, uh, you know, the great work that he's been doing over there. We're going to try and have, you know, more of your guys on here, Adam, as, as often as we can here. We'll rotate in Brad. We'll rotate in Pat. We'll rotate in Matt. And of course, Dustin will be back with us on the regular. But, you know, we, we, we talk about these guys work all the time and, and we certainly want to get them on here to expand on the stuff that they're doing. 
Yeah, you know, it's great for the three of us who are reading a lot and talking to some folks that we know around the industry about these stories to add perspective. But those three guys that you just mentioned are the boots on the ground. They're the ones who are talking to the principals involved in the story every day. They do fantastic work uh, at Brad Allen NFL at Pat Evans, at by Matthew Waters on Twitter. Follow all of them individually, because even though we have all the coverage at Legal Sports Report, these guys are sometimes putting things on their Twitter feeds that aren't making it to the website, just little details and nuggets uh, throughout the day. So great sources of information if you follow them individually. So let's go ahead and talk uh, talk some some uh, some stock here because this is this is one of the things that and it has not stopped. We've been talking about this, you know, I mean, six months plus here on the podcast, Adam, and we were we were wondering, you know, when is, you know, DraftKings not going to be the talk on CNBC all the time and MSNBC and all the but that, that's not the case. I mean, like I was watching literally on Friday and they were talking about DraftKings again and they were talking about everything. So like this sports betting stuff is certainly not going away. And certainly while we're in the middle of the pandemic, I think a lot of people understand as well that, I mean, this is this is the thing that's really floating, you know, some of these places and uh, it's uh, it's not stopping here. And so we've got some news with a few different companies actually yeah i figured it was probably best to combine some of these earnings Mm -hmm. calls into one area because i think there are some common themes that weave through especially because two of them that we got year-end reports on this past week were DraftKings and flutter the parent company of fanduel and i think we saw very similar themes emerge from both calls one uh the stocks held steady despite some massive losses that these companies took in the past year and it's not surprising that they Mm -hmm. took these losses because they are spending at a prodigious rate right now to try to bring people in here in the gold rush days of the u.s sports betting industry so that brings us to number two which is massive marketing costs uh flutter alone talked about nearly a half billion dollars in marketing costs just last year for FanDuel. Uh, FanDuel, of course, has achieved number one position in the U.S. market writ large. DraftKings does have the number one spot in a number of states. But what we saw is that the stock market is not phased at all by these reports. In fact, we saw DraftKings put out its report late last week, held steady on Friday, actually gained 10% on Monday up to about $68 where it closed yesterday. Uh, Now, of course, Flutter is not U.S. listed, but of course, if you want to go find that internationally, you can. And that is a broad based gaming business that we have talked at uh, length about here on the podcast over time that has also Foxbet and a number of international holdings as well and uh, is well positioned here moving forward. Uh, Also, we should mention that they do not have the stock landscape to themselves, do the folks at DraftKings. Uh, The score based in Toronto has been listed in Canada, but its shareholders voted recently to do a dual listing here in the US. So they went public this past week with a listing on NASDAQ. Their IPO at about $27 a share ended up going over their uh, initial offering of what they were expecting to offer and pulled out a market cap of over a billion dollars. So the score, of course, is well positioned in Canada where they're based, where legislation to legalize sports betting is moving uh, at a pretty good pace right now. They are a popular talk for M&A Target, although they deny that that is the case. Uh, still thinking that they might be someone that will be acquired in the future uh, is the talk among the industry. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I think that, you know, we can mention about a, a DraftKings and a Flutter 
is on top of the the sports betting side of things as well. I mean, yes, uh, on the DraftKings side, limited offering much more robust on the Flutter side because they have a bunch of other brands underneath them. But the casino side of things as well, as we've seen, like those numbers just continue to grow. Those numbers continue to every time they come out, make us go why are these states not doing like just passing everything all at once? Why is this sports betting only and not online casino? And, you know, yes, DraftKings certainly doesn't have the the offerings that some of these other places have. But I mean, that has been a, a, a really big moneymaker for those guys. You know, when we talk about the U.S. sports betting opportunity, really in the long run, we're talking a lot about the U.S. online casino opportunity for the states that allow it, which is a very small slice of the country right now. But we know that New Jersey and Pennsylvania have it. We know that Michigan is coming and we know that in some other larger states, a real eye gaming market could prove lucrative, not just for the companies in the business, but for states in terms of the tax revenue that they can bring in. Uh, you know very well from your length of time throughout the various forms of this industry that a DFS customer can be sold up to a sports mm -hmm. betting customer who can be sold up to a casino customer. And that casino customer is by far the highest value to a company that they're going to get. Uh, that is why they cost the most to acquire as well. So when you can lower the cost of acquisition by bringing them in either DF as DFS or sports betting customers, then that certainly becomes attractive for custom uh, for companies like DraftKings, like FanDuel, like Penn National with Barstool, like BetMGM that can cross sell you over to online casino. We talk numbers here on this podcast, Adam, and we always are pretty interested in the Nevada numbers. We have seen Nevada get eclipsed at this point. We understand that it is no longer at least the sports betting capital of the world when it comes to money that's flowing through the state. But uh, look, it's it's not completely it's not falling off of the, the, the planet here. And you and I both know, like we said, the experience in Nevada for these bigger events is never going to go away either. We're still going to get the business for March Madness and Super Bowl and even the Masters and the bigger sporting events like opening weekend of the NFL, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, listen, the, the numbers certainly as uh, get compared to these other states because it was Nevada and Nevada only for the longest amount of time. Um, where do we sit with these new this new batch that we got out here? Well, it's really interesting, Matt, because we did not have high hopes for January because Nevada had finished the year on a pretty mm -hmm. sour note with low capacity allowed by statewide mandate in the casinos. And we thought that because Nevada has been so behind the times in terms of modernizing its mobile landscape, that it was going to continue to suffer until people could come back in droves in terms of tourism. And that was not the case necessarily last month. Uh, when it came to January, we saw that Nevada posted more than $600 million in handle. And mind you, this includes some of the lead up to the Super Bowl, but doesn't include the actual Super Bowl, which falls in February. So there'll still be some bleed over when it mm -hmm. comes to the month of February. We can get that report in another 30 days. But Nevada ended up there uh, among the top three in the country after we saw some numbers out of Illinois, out of Michigan that suggested that it could be a state that falls down out of the top five right. uh, before all that long. So they still do lag in mobile share. And that is sort of potentially the canary in the coal mine for what could come for Nevada down the line. Uh, you're looking at between 60 and 65% mobile share uh, as opposed to roughly 90% up to 95 in a lot of places throughout the rest of the country. So that's something to keep an eye on moving forward, but at least for another month, Nevada still right in the thick of things.
What about my friends up in uh, in Colorado? Again, my my state that I was very interested to to continue to monitor because there are a million options up there uh, currently. Everything from the old school traditional books that you and I know here in Vegas to, of course, the new guys on the block as well. You know, the Colorado market has been the talk for, I mean, how long now, Matt? Like we've talked mm-hmm. about this market from before it came on earlier this year in the middle of the pandemic, uh, all the way through summer when it was jokey, jokey, ha ha table tennis uh, to now when we say we have a wide open market that is up at 98 percent mobile share. And they brought in, I want to make sure I get this number correct, $327 million wagered uh, last month. Think about the size of Colorado and the fact that comparatively Mm -hmm. to the gambling capital here in Nevada to seeing numbers, uh, you know, in the 900 millions for a populous state like New Jersey and think that for a market that hasn't had a full year yet, that's pretty impressive for Colorado. So, you know, it's not anything different than what we'd expect for a market that opened with a model that looks a lot like New Jersey in terms of low taxes, low barriers to entry, a number of local or regional based operators who've been able to get involved. And so the one thing that has maintained that it sticks out from other markets, Matt, is the fact that table tennis is still the number five most popular sport (laughs) in Colorado. More popular than hockey uh, has definitely seen it suggested in a couple of places on Twitter that there could be some some professional action that's keeping that going more than just uh, a novelty. And we'll see how that plays out in the long run, but Colorado had a great month. Yeah. And I I think you, you bring up a good point that, you know, the, the population of Colorado, if you're not aware, I mean, it's the the 21st most populous state. I mean, it's like right there with a, with a Minnesota, South Carolina, Wisconsin, you know, as far as population goes. So when we start talking these numbers, you're like, yeah, it's not these gigantic numbers that we're getting out of New Jersey, where we know not only is New Jersey far more populous, nearly twice as, as populous, but also getting the bleed over money coming from New York. And then even the people who, you know, maybe are closer to who, for whatever reason, want to drive across the border from from Pennsylvania or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, th- those numbers, as you mentioned, it's that's when it really starts to go, oh, wow. OK, because that's a that's a big, big, big difference. It is. And I think it speaks to the opportunity for multiple books to have a place in that market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we talk so much about FanDuel, DraftKings, and now Barstool and BetMGM really is the big four across the country. And I think that's going to hold no matter what, just because the, the marketing costs to really put yourself out there are so high. But if we're seeing this kind of per capita spend for a sports betting customer, not out of the question that some of these regional based operators could have a place moving forward uh, if they're able to keep up this level of spend. Yeah. And, and, you know, these other states that are that are propped up, too, as we mentioned, by people, you know, crossing the border to to make some bets or something like in, in Colorado. I mean, you and I know the this side of the, the country's geography pretty well. But I mean, it's you know, it's bordered by Wyoming and Kansas and New Mexico. And so and the, the major cities in any of those places are not anywhere near the borders of Colorado. So they're not getting, you know, these kind of people who are just crossing over, placing bets and then heading back out of out of the state like we're getting in a New Jersey or in some of these other states that are going on. So that that pretty much is is all Colorado people that are betting into that as well. Absolutely, Matt, absolutely. And I think when you look at what Denver has become over the last 10 years or so, you see there's a pretty solid demographic that gives itself to sports betting, Mm -hmm. right? You have a 
much younger community that has moved into the urban part of Denver and, you know, kind of made that city into, I don't want to say a hipster city, but there's a hipsterish mm-hmm. element to it where you've got that, uh, you know, that age group of people. And of course you have all four major professional sports there yep. as well. So, uh, you know, it's progressive in that the university of Colorado has that deal with points bet, which has taken its headquarters and dropped it right down there in Denver. So the Colorado momentum appears real. Let's talk about, uh, and, and listen, Dustin, if you're listening, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen the look on your face as we were talking about this story right here, because Dustin has been dealing with the Oregon lottery and, and listen, it's not as bad. And there were some hiccups along the way, but the product itself, I think he was was kind of pleased with over the course of, of their you know existence there. But it does look like Dustin's going to have another option over there in Oregon. And, and I know I am jealous, Adam, and I can only imagine that you are as well. Just a little. Yeah. Just a bit. Uh, The scoreboard app is not long for this world up in Oregon. Uh, The proprietary app running through the Oregon lottery that has been powered uh, on the back end by SB tech. Of course, SB tech was acquired by DraftKings last year. And now DraftKings is incorporating in the process of incorporating the SB tech stack into what it does day to day so that it no longer will be working with Canby down the line to provide its trading. So now we see that the DraftKings app is going to roll out before too long up in Oregon. That news came out of the Oregon Lottery Commission meeting last week uh, that Dustin was paying very close attention to, as you might expect, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to get more information about that. Interestingly, we saw that this could be sort of a test market for DraftKings in terms of taking the SB tech technology and working it into what it does Mm -hmm. in sort of a low risk environment. Right. Oregon, not a huge handle state. If something were to go wonky, uh, you know, in terms of working this new tech stack in, they'd have the opportunity to work it out before you put it out there in New Jersey or Pennsylvania. So before too long, the betters in Oregon will have only one app, but it'll be one app that is just far better than the many just, we have available just, here in Nevada. Just just far better. And I, I think the one of the things you pointed out there is something that we haven't really talked about a ton here on the podcast was actually is is something we can talk about now because you just naturally let into it here is that as they continue to move into, you know, off of Canby, this actually is going to provide betters out there with a new market. I mean, essentially a, a, a whole new thing here because rivers runs off of Canby. So you are, if you're in a state where you have, you know, rivers as part of the mix, then you're getting the same, you're getting dealt the same stuff at DraftKings as you are at rivers. They're both provided by, by Canby on the back end. And so if you're in one of those States that has both, you're about to get, you know, I mean, I don't, we don't know how, how quickly this will all get rolled out and we don't know how, how soon it'll be implemented, but when it all is said and done, you're it's almost like you're getting a new book in town because there's going to be different lines and different live lines and different offerings and things like that as well. So that's something to look forward to if you happen to live in one of those states. Yeah, Matt, it's a great point you make about DraftKings coming to Oregon and p- providing essentially a new book when it moves over to its own tech stack. Now, to be clear with Canby, even though it is providing the trading services to multiple books, there is some small level of customization that is available to the different books where they can tweak the odds if they want to. But writ large, you're getting the same trading platform if you're using those two books. And so if you're someone who's going to be out there shopping odds, you should 
be someone who's out there shopping odds, then you're going to like the idea that you might be getting not only different odds, but potentially different markets, different uh, types of offerings Mm -hmm. when it comes to what you're dealing with uh, in Oregon and in other places as well, where you're going to have multiple apps to work with. Now, can't be still going to be in the U.S. market, but DraftKings moving to SB Tech could provide a difference there. And to the one dear reader out there who, when we posted this story earlier, said, why did DraftKings spend all that money on SB Tech if they're not going to use the technology? Mm-hmm. Hey, that's that's the point. They are. Yeah. That's, that's the whole idea. Yeah, it'll it's getting there. It's a thing. It's a process. Contracts and you know computers and legal things and whatever yeah. and all the yeah, yeah and all that. All right, uh, take us home here with some quick uh, state updates. Oh, I would love to do that for you. Uh, let's start in Virginia, where not only did we get an update for the beginning of that market that showed that uh, pretty robust, almost sixty million dollars of handle in the first eleven days in Virginia, which of course is right prior to the Super Bowl, but Matt, who was on the show earlier, of course. He noticed in last year's bill that something was a little wonky in the language about how many books could be offered, how many licenses could be offered. Uh, He got some pushback on that from the sponsor of the bill. Turns out Matt's reading of it was right. And they had to go back (laughs) this year and put another bill in there to clean up the language to make sure that you could have 12 licenses available, plus the ones available to the professional sports franchises. Uh, Those bills are on their way to the governor right now. So that change is likely coming in Virginia over in Georgia. Uh, It looked like we were starting to get some momentum uh, for Mm -hmm. sports betting in Georgia, professional teams behind it, multiple bills moving through the legislature. Well, if you pay attention to the news at large, you'll understand what's going on in Georgia, where there have been a number of voter suppression bills as they've been put by Democrats. being pushed by Republicans and the Democrats are in certain committees kind of holding other bills hostage to try to work against these voter suppression bills. And one of those bills happens to be sports betting at the moment. So the prospects for sports betting are tangled in other bills. And this is why we say all the time when it looks like a state is a lock air quotes to legalize Realize it's not just a matter of looking at the opportunity and saying, sure, let's do it. We have to right. do this. You know, there are other factors at play. Yeah, uh, there are many stuff going on behind the scenes. Yeah, uh, plenty, plenty yeah. going on behind the scenes. There have been plenty of factors and things being going on behind the scenes in Connecticut for quite a long time. But we have an update today that Governor Ned Lamont and the two gaming tribes in the state, the Mohegan and the Mashantucket Pequot, appear to have come to an agreement on new tribal compacts to include sports betting. So Connecticut has been for a while a state where you look at it and say, all right. New Jersey's got it. New York's got retail at the very least. Massachusetts has 14 bills going right now, so they're probably going to legalize. Come on, Connecticut, get with the times. And it looks like more so than past years, there's a chance Connecticut's going to get this going. Down in Maryland, of course, we mentioned Virginia earlier in the DMV area. Maryland voters approved this in the fall for sports betting to be part of their landscape, but it's moving a little slowly right now. In the legislature, the legislature, of course, has to come up with a structure. They have to have the licensure and the taxes and so on. And uh, hearing this week that it didn't quite go as smoothly as I think some proponents had hoped. So, you know, keep in mind, even when it's legal, 
it can be a slow walk to get things going as you, my friends know about your deal, dear daily fantasy sports down in Louisiana, <laughs> uh, still trying to figure it all out. So anyway, as the case may be, uh, Maryland will try to get things moving here before too long. And we will have all of the updates, not only as we mentioned for all the reporters, Pat Evans and Matthew waters and, uh, Brad Allen, but at LegalSportsReport.com, we are tracking the movements of all of those bills. If you want to track them yourselves, we have a sports betting bill tracker, a tool that you can use right on the website. And that way you don't have to have any human interaction with any of us. You can just go and there you have the it. bill tracker. There you go. And that is just the best way to do it. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you just want to get the information yourself and move on. Not have to hear this, the, the sultry tones of, of, of Adam Candy's voice, you know, coming at you. I, I, don't, I don't you don't want to be put to sleep I, it's an, it's understandable <laughs> right you, you you don't want the lullaby of hearing me talk about multiple states and sports betting and then questioning what did you just spend the last five minutes of your life on i can't imagine how jarring it must be for people listening to this podcast right now to go from your voice to my voice back to your voice to my voice it's got to be just horrible for them they're like oh i love it so much when adam speaks and then they just no, want to stab themselves no, no, in the no. side of the head with an ice pick whenever i talk no, listen, contrast makes the world go round. If everybody sounded the same, then what would be interesting in listening to music, listening to great podcasts like this that you should, <laughs> what should we do? Subscribe, rate, and review? All right. Yes, that's what we're going to talk about right now. There head you go. To, head over to Legal Sports Report. All the uh, <laughs> stories that we have on the podcast, you can find in written form over there. So be sure and check out all of that and go to your favorite podcast listening uh, device, whatever that might be. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. We're on all of those. Go and subscribe, rate, and review, and it'll just be delivered right to your phone every single time we go live. You don't have to wait and come and listen to it on the site. And of course, as always, you should follow Adam on the Twitter machine at Adam Candy. That is two E's no why and if you really find some reason that you like this voice i can't imagine that you would you can follow me at matt brown m2 over on the twitter machine as well thanks again to matt waters for joining us earlier for adam i'm matt talk to you guys next week Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.